Warning, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are based on psychic impressions and true life events that may be potentially frightening and or disturbing to some viewers. Any of the information that is shared in this production should not replace the advice of medical professionals and is intended for general purposes only. Viewer discretion is advised. Hey, Emily. Yes? What's the name of this recording? Start giving Zotar more coins for more fortunes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, folks. We're going to be talking about divination today. And who better to start off the episode with than Zoltar? <laughs> Zoltar. <laughs> yes, yes. So, guys... If you don't know, we are two mediums that specialize in the paranormal. Our purpose is to shed light on what goes bump in the night. That's why we call this podcast Lights at Midnight. Lamp. I'm Chastity, a.k.a. Luna Beams. And I'm Emily, the fine art medium. And we want to welcome you to our divination episode. Anyways... (laughs) In this episode, we're going to touch on the history of divination and basically how it evolved into a mega mega billion dollar industry. Like, it's gone wild. It's like, it's not girls gone wild. It's divination gone wild. (laughs) (laughs) We'll discuss, like, some similarities and differences between superstitions and even ghost hunting, the different types of divination, and, of course, uh, some things to kind of look out for if you are you know, thinking about going on the journey of starting to, what is the word, divination for yourself. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so, but before we get into that, we're just going to go ahead and move right along to some current events of interest. Every once in a while, we like to insert these in, uh, because shit's getting weird, y'all, and I think it's just going to get weirder. It's been weird, and I'm living. Yes. I'm living for it. Well, Emily, what would you like to share with us this week? Aliens. I'm so happy. (laughs) Like, okay, I already knew aliens were a thing because, like, I communicate from time to time with them, and it's cool. But, you know, the UFO whistleblower David Grush claimed on Wednesday, I think it was the 26th of July, that, you know, some of the things that have been going on in the government... So if anyone doesn't know who he is, he's a former Air Force officer and intelligence official, and he went public with his claims. And he's pretty much saying, hey, yeah, there are non-human, quote-unquote, beings, and he pretty much let on that they, the the government has um, found some UFO, uh, technology, some aircraft, some non-humans that go along with it, and that some people have been, uh, injured and or, uh, you know, unalived, and the government covered it up as they do. Yeah, and I couldn't help myself, but all I could say was, duh! Duh! It's, duh! And, you know, all the the ufo conspiracists can't call them conspiracists anymore um are probably just like flipping their lid because they're probably like um we've been telling you this for years and uh y'all be gaslighting us so 
Yeah, I mean, it's like cat's out of the bag. The cat's been out of the bag for a good 70 years. The cat now has multiple great-grandchildren. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not surprising, and nobody really gives a shit. Exactly. The only thing I can say is, beam me up, Scotty. Yeah, and I mean, I know he come out with this back in, like, I think it was June or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then in July 26th, they, I think he sat down in front of Congress And it's like everybody, you know, they're just asking these questions that we already kind of have the answers to. So what is conspiracy theory anymore? Exactly. Take me to your leader. Pretty much. I mean, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Some people say they walk among us. Well, I could see that in certain cases. Other (laughs) dimensions and stuff, they'd be walking along. Some people might not see them. Maybe the lady on the airplane saw them. I don't know. Right. Mm -hmm. Could they have the technology to basically possess an individual? I think so, because you got the, I mean, no offense to anybody that channels in Palladians, but there is some wild shit (laughs) out there. Like, people start channeling in these Palladians, and all of a sudden, they sound like they're very futuristic and uh, almost like AI, in a way. Mm -hmm. The way they talk, and they, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know about that mm-hmm. um, because I know there's some, I know there's mediums out there that like do the whole channeling and take on the um, inspiration. But if you've heard any of our episodes, you know, me and Emily, that kind of is freaky to us. And we're not about to allow things to come up in us. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what she said. Yeah, exactly. I was waiting for it. <laughs> <laughs> this is not a PG uh, podcast at this, in this season. So get off here, children, if you're on here. Mm-hmm. Come back when you're 18. Okay. So, I, I don't know. Aliens, yeah, cool. But I'm kind of into spooky season. I'm going to keep yeah. it real 3D. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready to go to, like, Dollar Tree, Michael's, uh, freaking fracking other places everywhere and just start looking at Halloween stuff. Mm-hmm. I have the, like, urge to want to record. Mm-hmm. And throw it on the internet. But I don't know. I might not. I really. Spooky, spooky skeletons. Well, it's August. And I'm ready to start decorating for Halloween. Who's with me? Hey, you know what August sounds like? What's that? Just like August. There's October. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that. Mm-hmm. Everybody's in in it to win it. I'm I'm living for it. Mm-hmm. But yes. I guess we can go ahead now since all the uh, stores have all the merchandise out and say spooky season has officially begun. But you know what this means, guys? I'm going to be broke as fuck because I'm going to be going to Target and <laughs> fucking getting all the decorations and the candy corns. And I'm going to have more cavities in my teeth because I'm going to be eating candy for you just up until- started. You just started a war. I hope you know that. I know because people don't like candy corn, but I like it. Yeah, yeah. We need to run a poll. Who likes candy corn? We need a poll. Well, okay, there's there's different types of candy corn, though. You have the Brock's, you have that off-brand shit, and then you have, like, the weird flavory shit. I'm a Brock's <laughs> person, okay? It's the only candy corn I can eat that doesn't have bullshit in it that I'm allergic that makes to. Sense. Well, guys, if you haven't had the Brock's candy corn... Seems like it's highly recommended by Emily, and I have. It's been a while, but now I'm gonna have to try it. Uh-huh. New TikTok video. <laughs> <laughs>
my god. <laughs> but yeah, so what I was getting at was <laughs> August, September. We have like four episodes left after this. Wham! And season one, For at least. Season one. And season two is going to be a surprise. Yep. And it will come out October 31st, just like this one did. This one dropped our first, We well, we dropped our first episode on October 31st. So we will be dropping our season two, October 31st, 2023. Yay! Yay! All right. So I think that's it for any current events of interest there's a lot of crazy stuff that's actually happened we could go on but we have a pretty interesting episode for you today uh let's see we are now going to move on to this week's experiences mm -hmm. emily what you got for us so when i was locking ghosts like a day or two ago um there's this old bitty bitch that's nasty and she's always glaring at us out the door like the front door <laughs> And so I'm always on guard. So I'm always making sure like I'm checking to see if she's looking. That bitch got binoculars, Emily. I know. But instead of her, I saw a spirit of a woman wearing blue and she was looking at me, but she wasn't nasty as the lady that that's alive that lives there. So that was interesting. And Ghost actually caught it. My dog. He was Is she? Did you have you seen her seen the old lady since she saw the woman in blue? No. Are you sure she's alive? <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> I just had a feeling to ask that. I just have to know. Now we all need to know is even though she's a little bitty bitch, we need to know if she's okay, Emily. So I mean, I we... saw her husband and he looked great. <laughs> well, I mean, if she's a little bitty bitch, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> so, um, Anyways, uh, yeah, we'll have to keep uh, us posted on that, Emily. And then, was it uh -oh. yesterday, I saw the dryad at your sister's house? Yes. And that concurs my <laughs> <laughs> paranormal. No, nah, I'm just kidding. No, but we were, you were like, hey, can you, like, look at my sister's house? And I was like, okay. Oh, hey, by the way, I see this dryad, and he likes the trees. Well, he's part of the trees. And I'm like... If you, what did I say? Said something about like it likes classical music and whimsical things. It's like natural music, yeah. so that would for me that translates into drumming, yeah, and like a uh, rhythmic type, yeah. beautiful music. Yeah. I feel, yeah. So that's what. Don't judge me if you see me out in the middle of a field with a drum. Don't ask questions. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay. I'm talking to everybody. If you just see me out in the middle of the field drumming and. <laughs> Waving my arms, don't ask anything. Just know I'm doing my thing and shit's getting fixed, okay? Mm -hmm. So that <laughs> concludes my paranormal experiences. What about you? Which one first? Mm. Okay. Let's start with just a random post about the house. I was kind of, it was cute. It was a cute old house somebody posted about in a Facebook group and I had to comment on it because this house was like talking to me and shit and I ended up pulling in um, some information about the house and about evidently uh, knowing to me the first owner of the house. I picked up that um, she passed away from a fever that got validated by the person that bought the house. They actually had the death records, which was really, really cool. Um, and that was just, you know, for fun. But it was a beautiful, I would say it was kind of like a, 
not quite a Victorian, maybe kind of like a Queen Anne styled house. Definitely looked like it was up north, but evidently pictures be speaking to me these days. Um, <laughs> with that being said, this was really weird. I was on the way to the store to go get my crack water before this episode, actually. And I ride by a graveyard pretty much any time I go to the, the store in a certain town next to me. And pretty much, um, I get a vision of a man in my mind's eye that's wearing, um, he's like wearing one of those, uh, blue collar outfits. That's what they call it. The blue collar work outfits, skinny man. He's standing in front of the sign that says, you know, cemetery basically. And, uh, has a nice little saying on it or whatever. And he's standing there and I'm like, is he a guardian? or something, and I'm like, doo -doo -doo, going about my business, you know, looking at the sky, just, it was beautiful outside today, so I go to the store, get my crack water, come back, drinking my crack water, of course, naturally, can't wait till I get home, uh, and then <laughs> there's a, the guy, he's, like, still there, and I had kind of not necessarily forgot about it, it just went to the back of my mind, but all of a sudden, this guy starts talking to me, and he's, like, fussing, he's, he's, like literally like saying somebody needs to come in here and fix this and I'm like I'm like thinking fix what he's like he was basically telling me that there are some graves that either have been vandalized or something's not being done properly in a certain part of the cemetery and then I heard him say it's my mama somebody needs to come in here and fix this and I don't know if that's what that means but he then I got a vision as I'm driving down the road granted I'm not my eyes aren't closed y'all just so you know it's not like I have to <laughs> sit and with my eyes closed driving as I'm getting this information just comes in anyways right and he gives me like an aerial map in a square it's not detailed but gives me like a relative area towards the back right part of the cemetery and it was getting close to time to record, so I decided not to go through the cemetery because I could have got blocked in by the train, and I ain't about to uh, to do all that tonight, which is fine. Whatever. I don't mind being blocked in the cemetery. I just don't want to be blocked by the train. So, thinking about going out there tomorrow, since it's not too far away, and seeing if I can find a disturbance in the area um, and see what else I can pick up, because that was... Sometimes I do have that happen driving by. Like I've drove by people um, that have like a flat tire and I had a relative of the, or a, or a guide or a relative of the young man that had like the flat or no, he needed to jump actually. Um, and I went all the way back home and it was late at night and uh, like they, the spirit with him was like, you need to come back and help him. And I had, you know, V come back with me and we gave him a jump and everything and he went about his business, you know, so I've had stuff like that happen before, uh, but this was very interesting. So I'm interested to see where that goes. And lastly, I found out yesterday, um, I can't pronounce this guy's last name, but in my prediction video, I did something, uh, or a little piece on him. A woman that had been missing, and I gave her description, and I gave the uh, like a very random, uh, brief description of the person that did it, and then I pulled in information like this could have happened in the past, possibly. Um, they find this girl in tall grass, and what else was it? Um, I had links to South Carolina, 
and just a couple other things. I can't remember it all off the top of my head. And this is just rando information. And normally information don't like that come in. What has come to fruition in the prediction video? Now, granted, we are going to be talking about divination today. So I figured this was somewhat appropriate. Um, you had her <laughs> what, You had her last name. Yeah. So I there there's a little there's an interesting tie into that. There's like an interconnection, which I'm not used to really getting much or I'm not aware of it. Um. I got a name, Sarah Becker, but Sarah Becker, the only Sarah Becker I could find after this channel that went missing was in 2022, and she was in Canada, but she was found, and I don't understand why. I mean, it could have just been the name I got, you know, just in the chance that she was on there. I'm not going to grasp at the too many straws here or whatever, but I will say the odd thing is if anybody has or is into like true crime. I cannot pronounce his last name, but two weeks after I released the prediction video, a guy named Rex, and it starts with a H, not even gonna try to pronounce it. Guys, you'll know if you know what I'm talking about. And he actually, the the girl with the blonde hair, the white tank top, that's the image of one of the girls that was found in Long Island of all places. Um, and she fits that description, and he was the supposed serial killer, so innocent until proven guilty here, but he has links to South Carolina, and I've, I state that, and, and there's people missing in South Carolina, too, potentially from this man, so I just found it really interesting that that came in. I've never had anything like that happen before, so I might have to oh, make a is little... Oh, is it, oh, Hewerman? Yeah, something like yeah. that, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely a northern name I'm not used to. No offense. Um, because, you know, there's different names, different places. Like, certain places you go, you have, like, these last names that are just awkward that you have no freaking idea yeah. how to say. But, yeah, that's pretty much it. Well, some more things, but that's what I'd like to share for this week's experiences. Word. Word to big bird. Yeah. <laughs> All right. It is that time. For the meat of the episode, we're going to go ahead and dive in to divination. So, Emily, mm -hmm. what is what is divination? Well, Chastity and everyone else <laughs> who is listening, <laughs> divination is the practice of seeking knowledge of the future or the hidden through supernatural means. It has been practiced in virtually all cultures, and there are many different methods of divination some of the most common methods of divination include predictive astrology tarot cards palm reading I Ching. i don't know if i said that right but uh there's an i and then there's a ching afterwards and then runes and then the purpose of divination can vary depending hey you met you left something out what? You want me to read all of that? We're going to go through all of No, you left out Zoltar. <laughs> oh. Zoltar. Zoltar. Yes, Zoltar. Zoltar. Zol Sorry, okay. I'm just fucking with you. Keep going. Zoltar wants his quarter. Yeah, all of them. Bitch, empty your pockets. Just feel robbed. I feel robbed. All right, go ahead. It ain't no Aldi's uh, grocery store. <laughs> You're not going to get that quarter back. <laughs> Could you imagine if fucking somebody come out dressed like that from behind all these? <laughs> well, the if quarters? it was in my neighborhood, I wouldn't question it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, we're on some dumb shit. We're on some dumb Zoltar shit. Let's go. Sorry, my bad. I just had to. Zoltar. 
Okay. The purpose of divination <laughs> can vary depending on the culture and the individual practitioner. In some cases, divination is used to seek guidance from the gods or zotor, spirits, etc. In other cases, it is used to predict... Emily, I'm on mute and I'm over here laughing. <laughs> I know. Future <laughs> events. You're making me laugh. Stop it. I'm getting ready to do worse. <laughs> and, and, in still other cases, it is still used to gain insight into the present situation. <laughs> the haunted mansion's coming out. Is that like, is it rubbing off? Mm -hmm. Okay, that's what she said. All right. <laughs> Whether or not you believe in divination is a personal decision. You do you, boo. However, there is no doubt that it has a long and fascinating history. Here are some additional details about divination. The word divination comes from the Latin word divinere. Actually, I don't know if there's an nye over the e or not, but divinere, <laughs> which means to foresee or to foretell. Divination is often associated with magic and witchcraft. However, not all forms of divination are considered to be witchcraft or magical. There is no scientific evidence to support the claims of divination. However, many people believe that it is a valid way to gain knowledge of the future or the hidden. So it can be related to the past, present, or future. Divination can be dangerous if you do not understand the implications of using these tools to help you gain insight. We will be getting into that later. Yes, yes. All right, Chastity, what is the history of divination? Well, it goes way back. It's like the OG. Like we really, you know, we have a written history and then we can only fathom what happened before that which gets kind of interesting so really the history of divination is very long and complex and it does date back to early civilizations and divination is the practice of seeking knowledge of the past present and future of course but it's it, it's known to be done through occult means so of course you have the tarot cards and uh, interpreting omens or even consulting a medium like emily or myself um, there is evidence, though, of divination practices in ancient cultures all over the world, including Mesopotamia, Egypt, Greece, Rome, China, and India. And in many of these cultures, divination was seen as a way to communicate with their gods or spirits, basically to gain guidance and protection. In Greece, divination was often associated with the god Apollo, who was a patron of prophecy. And there were many different methods and practices of divination in Greece, including interpreting dreams, reading the stars, examining the patterns of oil spilt on water as well. In Rome, divination also a popular practice. Hey, hey, everybody was doing it. <laughs> All the cool kids. Okay. The Romans believed that gods communicated with them through various signs, such as lightning strikes, earthquakes, and a flight of birds. They also consulted oracles, such as the one at the temple of Jupiter, Optominus Maximus. That's what she said. 
Yeah, I'm proud of myself. Divination does continue to be practiced uh, in the Middle Ages and the Renaissance. And in the Middle Ages, divination was often associated with witchcraft and magic, of course. However, it, it was also practiced by some Christian scholars who believe that it could be used to communicate with God. How about them apples? Yeah, who's a witch now, yeah. bitch? <laughs> right, exactly. And... Yeah, so in the Renaissance, <laughs> there was uh, renewed interest in the classic divinization or divinization, divination. Many scholars really did study uh, the works of ancient Greeks and Romans um, and authors on divination, and then they developed new methods of divination. Different cultures, um, we're just going to kind of touch on what like obviously interpreting omens are we all kind of know but just in case it's just a sentence you know so interpreting omens uh, it involves looking for signs in the natural world such as a flight of birds uh the entrails of sacrifice too see shit gets kind of wild here so we're going to talk about this reading the stars it involves uh interpreting interpreting the positions of the stars and the planets and using this information to make predictions about the future and then oracles so um that is technically a person we don't we don't always refer to people as oracles these days it's more like i'm a medium i'm a psychic medium but they basically oracles are ones that are said to be able to communicate with uh gods or spirits and then of course tarot cards interpreting the meaning of the deck of cards which are believed to be revealed uh reveal the insight of future which is so interesting because everybody always talks about how divination is always about the future i have to honestly dis disagree with that I agree. like everybody has, i agree with you yeah, yeah they have that interpretation but not so much so we know a little bit about the backstory but what about the modern era like it's it's got kind of cray cray okay things that went a little wild like I said, divination gone wild. <laughs> so divination practices have continued to evolve and adapt over time. In the 19th and 20th century, practices like crystal ball gazing, tea leaf reading, and palmistry remained popular forms of divination. Today, divination remains a part of various cultures, religions, and spiritual traditions worldwide. While some people view divin divination as a means of personal guidance and introspection, others approach it with skepticism or as a form of inner entertainment it can continue to be of interest and of study for anthropologists anthropologists historians and those interested in human quests for understanding the unknown and i went a little graph happy because we were joking because i put a couple graphs in there <laughs> so i'll put a couple more and i just this isn't necessarily a graph this is a statement that i found interesting while i was doing search for graphs and it is is fortune telling a cognitive disorder emily a cognitive disorder is yes it is this is what daddy google says it's a cognitive dis it says distortion in which you predict a negative outcome yeah is it a, but does it is it a cognitive disorder it's a cognitive distortion. Is it a cognitive so disorder? So it would though? fall under magical thinking, and it could fall under <laughs> OCD. Um, yeah. So it if it I could it could, but it's it's more than just like oh, it's a disorder. Like you have to follow multiple types of criteria for it to follow under a um 
a disorder. Complete disorder. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. And I can see where the difference is between distortion and disorder. But if I go down here and I find some fucked up shit in this area of this graveyard, it's some of the best cognitive distortion I've ever <laughs> had. Okay. I claim it, but it does say that fortune telling is a cognitive distortion in which you predict a negative outcome without realistically considering the actual odds of that outcome, which is an interesting point, right? I mean, anyone uh, could literally say as a guess that they predict a certain thing to happen, and I honestly, I wouldn't think it's a cognitive distortion. Yeah, it's just it's just interesting. Something I come across, mm -hmm. and they say it's linked to anxiety and depression, OCD. and because yeah, one of the most common cognitive disorders that arise during the course of cognitive reconstructing. Now, I've seen people have that negative mind frame yeah. about it, but I can't and and have that kind of pattern. But it's not always, it's mostly not always associated with fortune telling. I'm sorry. Mm. But I mean, I see people in an anxiety and worry. But people, you know, they worry and about stuff happening, but they're not claiming it's fortune telling. So I just found that interesting to put well, in Well, if you think about it, when it comes to um, OCD, right, a lot of the things that happen or occur and why a certain person does a repetitive motion is due to a fear or anxiety superstition exactly that's where magical thinking kind of falls under and superstition as well so that's why they threw it in there right and we are going to we're going to talk about that just to, i mean we're just going to talk about the difference between superstition and divination here in a few minutes but i just wanted to kind of throw that out there i found it interesting <laughs> but yeah so next we're just going to talk about the differences between divination in modern times and ancient times uh, it's quite well interesting but emily hmm. would you like to go ahead and tell us about the differences zodar says yes <laughs> so ancient divination and modern divination so they're two different practices although they share some similarities the ancient divination is a practice that has been around for centuries and, you know, it's associated with Mesopotamia, Egypt, Greece, and Rome, and others. Um, modern divination is practice that has developed in recent years and often associated with New Age spirituality and alternative medicine. Here are some of the key differences between ancient divination and modern divination. So, methods. Ancient divination methods often involved the use of natural objects such as bones, shells, and entrails. Modern divination methods often involve the use of manufactured objects such as tarot cards, runes, and pendulums. Purpose? Ancient divination was often used to seek guidance from the gods or spirits, whereas modern divination is often used for self-reflection or personal growth. Though, you know, I feel like with modern, it could also you know be both it could also be to seek guidance from um other beings and things true and then we have beliefs ancient divination was often based on the belief that there was a supernatural force that could be used to gain knowledge of the future whereas modern divination is often based on the belief that the future is fluid and that divination can help us tap into our own intuition which I can, I, I can feel that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Because there are some positive things, in my opinion, about divination. 
Uh, but there are some definitely negative aspects to it as well. Mm-hmm. So sure. despite the differences, there's also some similarities between ancient divination and modern divination. And that's both practices involve the use of symbols and imagery to gain insights into the future or the hidden. Both practices can be used to help people make decisions or to gain a better understanding of themselves. Yes, Mm -hmm. absolutely. And what is this graph you have here? (laughs) Well, let me tell you, this graph is talking about how often people use tarot and astrology services in a one-year period. It is based in the UK, I did find one in the UK. So just to be very plain here. Mm. And it literally says almost, I would say it's about at 390,000 people use it less than once a month. Yeah. And there's a purpose to all this as it goes. It's just it's just a a point here. Um 350,000 people once or twice a month, two or five times per month is a setting at about 320,000. And over once a week is setting a little under 300,000. And some people use it daily. So 100,000 people are using some form of tarot or astrology services or doing tarot themselves, mm-hmm. you know, once a day. And this was actually, I think, took in 2018. So just imagine since we went through the shift, how many more people are actually using it? Mm-hmm. And you know what's really interesting too? Like when I worked for the Psychic Hotline, I won't say the name of the company, but it was crazy with how many people would just call and call and call and call and call and call. And they would, yeah. they're repeat. A lot of them are repeat customers too. Yeah, absolutely. Which is kind of not healthy no. in a way. It depends on the way you're doing it. Um. I will just briefly say if it's for like self to a degree, if it's for positive, encouraging direction, yes. Do I recommend using divination unless you're doing like a one card pull a day? If you're talking about tarot or Oracle, Mm -hmm. if you're doing a one card pull a day, fine. But if you're doing multiple things a day, it's not necessarily the best. (laughs) It becomes an addiction. And I noticed too, through the hotline, it's like these people will call and it's like an addiction to feed their like lower vibrational like because when I was when I was doing it a lot of the questions were love-based right so that already I don't like doing love uh questions because a lot of the people will ask how does this person feel about me and there's a there's a rule that I have and a lot of other psychics and mediums have and that's not doing these things without the permission of the other person and yeah. a lot of people don't care about that. They just want answers. And it's honestly the service itself as a whole. So I'm not talking about just one company, but when you have these call in like psychic hotlines, it's very low vibrational, very low mm-hmm. vibrational with the clientele, but also the lack of ethics for the people doing the readings. Yeah. And I that's exactly. why I quit. I was like, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not gonna sully myself for money. Fuck that. Yep. It can be. It definitely can be. So we will be getting into that a little bit more towards the end of the episode about the ethics and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, because there are there are some things that need to be taken in consideration because I'm sure a lot of our listeners or viewers, wherever you're tuning in from 
y'all probably had some type of reading or want to have some type of reading. Um, and that's why we do these things. So you guys are informed and you know. So before we go any further, you know, me and M were trying to structure out this episode and we found us putting some things down that really, once we looked at it, it wasn't divination at all. It was superstition. Although they're closely related, there is some differences. So we just wanted to talk about that briefly. So superstition and divination are both related to beliefs and practices that attempt to understand and influ influence future past present events, right? So however, there are some key differences between the two concepts. So superstition refers to irrational or unfounded beliefs or practices that are based on supernatural or magical thinking. Superstition often involves attributing certain actions or objects with either good or bad luck. For example, someone might believe that breaking a mirror brings seven years of bad luck or walking under a ladder is unlucky. So superstitions are often cultural or individual beliefs that are not based on any scientific or logical re reasoning. They're typically passed down from generations and often deeply ingrained in certain societies or communities. On the other hand, divination is a practice that seeks to gain insight into future events or obtain hidden knowledge through supernatural, supernatural or mystical means. And it involves various methods. Uh, of course, we've discussed that. And, you know, divination practices are often, often associated with um, spiritual or religious traditions and are believed to provide guidance or answers to questions, of course, about what you want to know, what you want to know. Um, while superstition relies on beliefs and often involves simple actions or rituals uh, thought to attract like luck, divination is more structured and intentional in the attempt to gain knowledge or insight of what is, you know, beyond um, already apparent, basically. So it's important to note that both superstition and divi uh, divination are subjective, right? But... <laughs> And they're, you know, they're not based on any scientific evidence, but we've had this conversation, right, about scientific, uh, scientific evidence versus, like, things. And I will say, I'll be the first one to say that some superstitions, I've, I mean, they were passed down from generation to generation for a reason, because history repeats itself. So I can't help but think about roots in, like, Appalachia mm -hmm. and even, like, Appalachian folk magic and these superstitions that they carried with them became a part of divination. They became a part of their, their practices. They became a part of their living. So there is a difference, of course, mm -hmm. naturally, but is there a gray area and overlapping area? Yes, there is. So it's kind of up to, for, to me, it's up to interpretation, but we do have a little graphy <laughs> that kind of tells you tells you the difference here um so basically the the basis of superstition is fear or anxiety the basis of divination is belief in a supernatural force see sometimes i think superstitions could be based on the belief of supernatural force and then the tools none they're just everyday objects for superstition but of course the tools for divination tarot cards runes astrology etc and the purpose of superstition is to avoid bad luck or to gain knowledge of the future and the divination is to gain knowledge of the future or you know i think yeah. just in general knowledge would that you is, say that superstition because i feel like superstition 
has a lot to do of taking an event that occurred and then generalizing it across multiple similar situations. Yes, but I think it had to be something that developed over time because, like, Harry went down here and this happened, and can you believe it? And then it was like, man, that's wild. Yeah. And then Susan went down here and did this, and, man, that was wild. That happened to Harry. You know, like, yeah. I think it's something that evolves over time, uh, a superstition. I don't think somebody just broke a mirror mm-hmm. and then got seven years of bad luck and were like, man, this last seven years have been hell. Yeah. You know, but you know what's funny? That spirit just was like, ding dong, Saturn, like Saturn's pattern. (laughs) Saturn's pattern lasts every seven years. So if you break a mirror at your, you know, Saturn return and you have seven years of hell and then, you know, I don't know, Saturn has rules and uh, regulations. Ooh, what if Saturn rules superstition? I ain't never thought about that. Ooh, it it probably does. Ooh, I'm gonna find out. Saturn's my planet. (laughs) yep Mm. pretty yep capricorn and then you know i wanted to talk about people's belief in superstition um in the united states how many people believe out of the people they you know obviously asked we're not gonna say everybody of course naturally uh 45 percent believe that four-leaf clovers bring luck Mm -hmm. i mean that's that's facts. I don't know. Who have you? Do you believe that? I think it's facts. Okay? That was taught to me and ingrained into my brain since I was a child, but I was yep. never fortunate enough to find one. So, what? Yeah. Oh hell! My no. dad had that roundup, y'all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Makes me want to break shit. <laughs> no, we're gonna find a four leaf clover. We're gonna find one. You watch and see. You watch Here, I have a oh. when I send you those glass bottles, you can find me a a, a four leaf clover and put it in the resin in the one of those bottles. Okay, I'll put it in a necklace. That works too. Yeah, we'll do that. Okay. I'll make sure that happens. Just remind me because you know hmm. <laughs> I'll be on that Zoltar shit. Zoltar, um, you have to give him yeah. a Zoltar. Yeah, fifty three percent of people believe in the breaking the mirrors, bad luck. I do knock on wood. I do too. Yeah, 50% of the people believe knocking on wood will bring good luck, and I certainly do knock on wood. Guys, do you knock on wood? (laughs) You know what's Um, interesting and why they say that? It has to do with the dryads in the the trees. Oh, okay. That's why a lot of, uh, well, I shouldn't say a lot, but many witches use like wands and stuff. And they kind of make this pact with the dryads and it, they assist them in what they need. But as long as they have a good relationship with them, it will work. But like knocking on wood has to do with uh, the dryad thing. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Black cats are bad luck. That's why Guess a what? lot of them are treated like shit and it makes me sad. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The black cat's bad luck. 66% of people think that that was actually interviewed. That's terrible. I always wanted a black cat. I don't think it's like owning a black cat's bad luck. It's the crossing the road or seeing a black cat. If I see a black cat, I get happy. Right. Well, 66% (laughs) of people disagree with you. Um, let's see. Lastly, let's just do one more. The number 13 is unlucky. I knew you were going to say that. 13 kept popping in my head. And it's funny because in the United States, it's 13. But in 
Italy, it's 17. Weird. And in the United States, they take out the 13th floor or they just renumber it as a different. Yeah, some some places do and some places don't, I've heard. And I've seen like in videos and stuff because I'm not like going up the top of skyscrapers and shit all the time. But yeah, I have noticed that. And 61% of people agree that it's an unlucky number. For some people, they say it's lucky though, like Emily. Did you ever have a rabbit's foot when you were a kid? Because I did. I I did. I Mine did. turquoise. I love that thing. I, I might have had a couple and I think one was pink and maybe the other was blue. Matter of fact. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact. And 59% of people agree that it is lucky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So we're just going to go ahead and move on to... We had, we had some questions. Okay. We were like, ghost hunting. Is it yeah. a form of divination? So we just wanted to talk about the difference. You know, like, because it, it kind of could be in a way, but not really. So, Emily, would you like to talk about ghost hunting and divination? So, yeah, ghost hunting and divination are two different practices, although they can sometimes overlap. Ghost hunting is the practice of searching for evidence of ghosts or other paranormal activity. This can involve using tools such as EMF meters, spirit boxes, and night vision cameras. Divination is the practice of seeking knowledge in the future or of the future and or the hidden through supernatural means this can involve the use of tools such as tarot cards and runes and yada 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 we know this but the reason i was like wait a minute chastity could it technically be considered divination because you ask questions in a spirit box and they give you answers so that's why i was like hmm yes Mm -hmm. but the main difference is that um, ghost hunting is focused on detecting the presence of ghosts and spirits, while divination is focused on gaining knowledge. But in some cases, ghost hunting and divination do overlap. And for example, some ghosts... Like Ouija boards! Yeah, ghost hunters use divination tools such as tarot cards, runes, or Ouija boards to try to communicate with ghosts. However, this is not always the case. Some ghost hunters do not believe in divination, and some diviners diviner is it diviners i don't fucking know do not believe in ghosts (laughs) diviners Diviners. but chastity included another uh table or chart if you will and i like it because it's very organized but yeah do it you read purpose you got this the purpose because zoltar is ready to go so Purpose of ghost hunting to detect the presence of ghosts, tools, EMF meters, spirit boxes, night vision cameras, and don't forget those, um, what are the beepity boop ups Oh, the REM pods. And then we have beliefs. Some ghost hunters believe in ghosts while others do not. And then divination to gain knowledge of the future. And then you got tarot cards, runes, astrology, etc. And most diviners believe in supernatural forces. Yes, that was the purpose, tools, and beliefs. So, who wants to see him and I go ghost hunting? Raise their hand. My hand's raised. Mine too. We want to go ghost hunting, guys. So, anyways, that was just throwing that out there. We have another chart here. I do. I do. I do. It's it's just interesting. I put that in there because it said paranormal beliefs because people believe places are haunted. Mm. And according to, what is it? 
uh, Champman University in California, 58% of the people that they interviewed said that they believe in, you know, haunting or spirits and uh, 57% believe in uh, ancient advanced civilizations and 41% believe in the aliens. 35% they believe the aliens come to Earth. Um, 26% this is this is what blows my mind right here because this it, it's kind of funny at the end. 26% of people believe people can move objects with their mind. 21% of people believe Bigfoot <laughs> is real, but at the lowest point of 17%, they believe in fortune tellers and psychics can foresee the future. Only 17%. I'm fucking offended. First of all, <laughs> this was done in 2018, so those numbers are going to change, especially the alien statistics. Right, right. But it's it's the point of. I know. Like, how did we end up at the bottom of the fucking list? Because in a lot of states, it's illegal for fortune telling because of Christianity, but also that ain't stopping certain people. But also, <laughs> but I don't for I don't tell fortunes. But also, <laughs> but also because so many people were getting scammed, uh, they made it illegal. I feel like that I was think, more the reason they did that. I think they're biased. Well, well, all right, moving on. (laughs) I just thought that I thought that was interesting. I was like, what? You believe a place is haunted, but you can't believe people can see them. But then you can get the facts of somebody that's never been there before and don't even know what the fuck you're talking about to give you facts that the place is haunted and tell you like who died there and shit and how they died. First of all, but still don't believe them. What I don't understand is how people can believe in aliens, but not in Bigfoot. Especially if they're similar in the way that they're interdimensional. Right. And it could be just because of the coverage. could be the coverage of the last 70 years. And a lot of people have seen things in the sky they can't explain. But a lot of times things can be explained. They just don't understand. Right? So. Well, that was enlightening. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. So. I'd say uh, maybe it's up to 25%. We'll give them the benefit of the doubt. 75% of y'all don't even believe us. Mm-hmm. That's fine. It's fine. But who are you going to come right. when you have a haunting problem? Us. <laughs> You're going to call us? Yes. Okay. You're going to call so, Ghostbusters? <laughs> <laughs> something strange in the neighborhood okay we're gonna get flagged anyways uh the benefits and the dangers of divinization divinization <laughs> i'm gonna say i'm gonna sleep tonight you and dream hit, about you need to hit something if you know what i mean i'm hitting a cigarette right now because they're trying to ban menthol and i don't give a hell uh hell's bells who cares if you're an anti-smoker that's fine that's fine they take my menthol cigarettes away I can't say anything else because this is going out to the public. Angry chastity is going to take over, and it's not a personality <laughs> we want to have to deal with. She's a no, because Jesus Christ. Yeah, I ain't playing. Gonna, I can't say what I want to say, but just know y'all get y'all. I'm pretty sure some of y'all get. I know what you're thinking because I'm psychic. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I got a meme for that. Okay. So, there are benefits, in my opinion, and there are dangers, depending on who you're talking to here. You know, like, there are some people that it's 
we're going to burn in hell for doing it, right? Mm -hmm. So, but then there's some people that take it a little bit too far. Mm -hmm. um, what do you think, Emily, you can gain from practicing divination? Like, and, and, and what type of divination? So we need to be somewhat specific, I would assume, because there's some divination I personally won't even touch. But mm -hmm. what do you think? I think, you know, with tarot and oracle cards, they can be insightful. And they could help you with the whole self-improvement and spiritual growth aspect of things. Um, personally, I mostly mess with the tarot and oracle because, I don't know, I feel more drawn with it. But I also, and you're going to fucking laugh at me, even though I already told you this, so you already know what's going to happen. When I was a kid... <laughs> I used to take a lot of bubble baths, kind of still do, but so there's a type of divination where you can gain insight from looking at water, and that was one thing I used to do a lot, but didn't know that it was divination, and I did it a lot, but I feel like That's when you use nature-y things, I feel like it's an okay and safer kind of divination, and cards and nature are typically the ones I go for it's just kind of like an instinctual thing and what I am gravitated towards right and and it's okay yeah everybody's going to kind of gravitate towards something different types of divination there's tons of different types which most known is tarot and oracle mm -hmm. and I agree with you I do but we would have been burned at the stake so for that for you I reading your been, bath water you i would have been, been burned at out. the stake just for my fucking adhd and shit very possible very possible it's getting rough these days guys because <laughs> no normal person will have a you know like a calm or like very heavy conversation and then i'll bring up nicholas cage and then they'll be like what exactly that'll be like who's nicholas cage which murder okay <laughs> twinkle tushies Jeez. yeah we got a whole other subject about nicholas cage and cat uh jim jewels for their asshole <laughs> don't ask questions we're just gonna leave that there y'all are gonna they're like they're everybody's tuning out now all right but be before you go though there are okay. some things you know the dangers of divin divinization divinization i'm gonna say it different every time so look I started messing with cards back before I was super spiritual, back when I was going through a really rough time in my life, in my early 20s. I ended up buying a deck because I've always been drawn to the occult. Like, for me personally, I've always, like, known and felt something else to life. Not everybody has. I personally did. And I was doing divination in my room, sad and depressed and all that. And it was telling me all these things. And then, like, nothing was going right, and it just seemed like, I don't know, it was just, it was really bad. Because I was doing it, not necessarily every single day, but I was doing it often. And I wasn't doing it from a place of higher vibration and love, and it was definitely giving off some really shit vibes. And it actually um, kind of made me even more depressed. So especially talking about the cards and stuff we're going to use that as an example because that's what most people do um that was my experience i it got to the point that i had to stop and it wasn't that it was it was unhealthy i wasn't doing it in an unhealthy amount but it was unhealthy because it was 
I don't know. I can't really even explain it at this point. You know, it's just what's interesting though. I can't do readings for myself with cards. I, I, yeah, that is I only do it for other people. I will not do it. Like I can't do it for myself, but I also will not do it for myself. And do you mind me asking why that is? Because I feel like it's very uh, personal gain type of shit. I do not feel that way. I think it's important. But I know, like, I know it's important, but it's like, I think because I have that thought in my mind, that's why I can't do it, even though it's not true. Right. I mean, it's your truth. Yeah. But that's... You know what I'm saying? But I also question, <laughs> I think I question too much, and I'm too over-analytical to where I can't yeah. do it for myself. Common trait of Capricorn. Yeah, I'm too analytical to where I cannot do my own tarot or oracle card readings. Yes, I'm, now that I'm in a higher vibrational state, like, I have, I feel like I've earned, like, my spiritual badge or something. I don't know. It's not, like, a place of, um, what's the word? Like, entitlement. Hmm. It's more from, I feel secure and safe. Yeah. Now that yeah. I've actually, like, got into it and have come to my own truth and my own understanding. Uh, I don't do it often for myself, but uh, I do uh, like to do uh, lunar mm -hmm. stuff. I do like to do different practices around the lunar cycle, and that will be one of them. And spirit does speak to me through the cards. They do give me validation and direction. I haven't done one in a while. Matter of fact, I'm getting the itch to probably do something when I get off here. Got some new decks, y'all. Just you wanna, saying. Uh, um, help a girl out. <laughs> <laughs> I can, yeah, but, sure. But when I when I need a question or have a question, I'll just ask, and then I'll wait for the ring in my ear, and then I'll just get the ringing, and then it's like okay, right. And I I I can definitely uh, relate to that, but for me, it's in a, it's on a different level because. I'll be drawn to the deck that I need to use. Mm. I do have my go-tos, but I'll be drawn to the deck that I need to use. And then certain things will be brought up as almost like, not like a topic of conversation, but a theme of what's going on. And it will sometimes give me a different perspective. And it generally is helpful. Um, so from past like use of cards, you know, 10, uh, 13 years ago, unlucky number <clears throat> not kidding and uh now it's a two totally different experiences because it's the state of the vibration that i'm in and the understanding and the knowledge that i have now is completely different because i realize like you can be tricked by any form of divination if you allow it yeah. and that can come in the form of a place of uh ignorance and not in a rude way because being ignorant to something is just really not knowing you might just not know um, and that is very possible. So it is possible to be tricked on certain things and there's certain types of divination that carry different types of vibrations and energies and spirits. There's certain types of vibration that are vibration, uh, divination that carries positive, higher vibrational entities and lower vibrational entities or beings or just a certain like collective energy and that's something to be aware of when practicing any form of divination we're not telling you guys to go out and start doing it mm. you know we want you you need to be comfortable you need to be in a place of being okay if you're not okay we i personally i say we and i'm sure emily can yep. agree with me 
do not do it because it is uh, it can be dangerous for you and your mental health or your physical health, depending on the type of divination you're doing. You know, we're going to talk about Ouija boards a little bit and our opinion on that. We have already, but of course, this is the episode that we should cover it in again uh-huh. uh, because it's, it's we see now a lot of people having questions about Ouija boards and whether or not they should use it or do higher or lower vibrational entities come through. And we got a lot to say about that, but um, we just briefly wanted to touch on the benefits and the dangers of divination used like cards in is, mm-hmm. is an example. Um, but yeah, I personally enjoy doing divination and doing divination for myself has helped me uh, do it for other people. Because one thing about it is if you're going to try to do it for other people and you want to turn it into um, something monetary, because, I mean, there's tons of people doing that now, right? So, and I'm sure somebody out there wants to do that. You have to practice. And there's only so many times your family or friends are going to let you practice on them. They're like, leave me alone. <laughs> you know, so it's important to try, yeah. to definitely try and get your bearings to you and be careful and go by your gut feeling on what the, the information you're getting. Make sure you're in a good place because doing it can be dangerous if you're not. Yeah, because especially... You're going to attract the vibration you put out, too. So, like, if you are in a really low vibration, you're going to attract low vibrational things. Yep. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Hey there, curiosity connoisseurs. Are you intrigued by all things strange, weird, and unusual, but too embarrassed to talk with your friends and family about it? Well, we're your family now. Join me, Chronically Curious Katie. And me, Combat Veteran Chris as we don our tinfoil hats and question everything. From crazy mysteries, out-of-this-world conspiracies, and the unbelievable happenings all around us. Let's try to stay sane as we laugh and explore together through our podcast, Stop Thinking With Your Butt. Wherever you like to listen. Hey, Lamp fam, we have some exciting news to share. We've teamed up with the owner, Daniel Class of the infamous Haunted Hensdale House in Hensdale, New York, to help support the ongoing restoration efforts of this iconic location. We believe in the value that the Hensdale House has offered to the paranormal research teams around the country and want to ensure that this location will be available to visit for years to come. If you would like to help join the restoration efforts of this iconic location, we ask you to check out their merch store at danielclass.shop slash lightsatmidnightp or click on the link located in the show's description box below. There you can browse through many awesome shirts, hoodies, accessories, autographed posters, and much more that you can purchase at a discounted rate, but only through our personal link, danielclass.shop slash lightsatmidnightp and use discount code lightsatmidnightp. I assure you, if you're a fan of the paranormal, you do not want to miss out on this opportunity. Again, to help support the restoration efforts of the Haunted Hensdale House and pick up some super awesome merch, follow the link provided and use discount code Lights at Midnight P to get 10% off the entire order. Join us in our support spooky campaign efforts to help out others in the psychic and paranormal community. So with all that being said, we have now made it to the different types of divination. Uh, We're going to just go through those. We have basically the meaning of them uh, and kind of what they are. We might discuss them a little bit. Uh, We're not we're not going to really focus on how to do a whole lot of, you know, divination mm-hmm. or readings or stuff. Uh, we're not here to teach you to throw bones or anything like that. In this particular episode, it's not something we 
100% comfortable covering at this time because we do realize that a lot of people, you know, might not have the knowledge. We don't want anybody to be put in a situation where they're in trouble, right? Mm-hmm. So um, it's not a complete list because there's tons of ways to do this. But a lot of it is very interesting and fascinating. So, Emily, would you like to go ahead and start us off? Yipper doodles. So, yes, oracle and tarot cards. Uh, so, oracle and tarot cards are types of divination tools used for gaining insights, guidance, or self-reflection. While they share some similarities, they have distinct characteristics and usage. Oracle cards are a deck of cards that typically feature images, symbols, or words associated with various themes, such as angels, fairies, animals, or other spiritual concepts. They are often created with a specific intention or focus, offering guidance, affirmation, or inspiration. Oracle decks come in different designs and can vary widely in terms of the number of cards and their meanings. The usage of oracle cards is flexible and intuitive. The practitioner selects a card or multiple cards from the deck, either by shuffling and drawing randomly or through a deliberate selection process. The chosen cards are then interpreted based on imagery, symbols, or written messages they contain. The interpretations can be personal and subjective, relying on the practitioner's intuition, feelings, or associations with the card's themes. Oracle cards are commonly used for self-reflection, personal growth, and seeking guidance or inspiration in various aspects of life. They can be employed in daily or periodic draws, specific questions or situations, or as a tool for meditation and contemplation. Tarot cards are a specific type of divination deck that contains 78 cards divided into two main parts, the major arcana and the minor arcana. The major arcana consists of 22 cards, each representing a significant archetype or life theme, such as the fool, the magician, or the world. The minor arcana consists of 56 cards divided into four suits, wands, cups, swords, and pentacles, each associated with different aspects of life. Tarot cards have a structured system of meanings and interpretations. Each card in the deck carries symbolic imagery and has specific traditional meanings. Tarot readings involve shuffling the deck while focusing on a question or situation and then drawing cards from the deck in a specific pattern or layout. The chosen cards are interpreted based on their individual meanings, their positions in the spread, and the relationships between them. Tarot cards are used for a wide range of purposes, including divination, self-reflection, spiritual exploration, and psychological insight. They can provide guidance, clarity, and a deeper understanding of oneself and the situations at hand. Tarot readings are often conducted by experienced practitioners who study the symbolism and meanings of the cards, although self-readings and personal explorations of the tarot are also common. Both oracle and tarot cards can be powerful tools for personal growth and introspection and seeking guidance. The choice between the two depends on personal preference, the specific intention or focus, and the type of symbolism or imagery that resonates with the practitioner. Yes. Yes, yes. 
And um, there's some really great decks out there. Hmm. Making there one really too? is. I'm, yep, <laughs> and there um, there's there's some that aren't so great. Some of them for shadow work though. And I mean, yes. they might be more a negative, and some people stay away from that. But it's okay to kind of explore that because we all have a shadow. You know, we are we do work with beings of the light or if you want to say it like that but it is important to understand and work with the darker parts of yourself which i got a bone to pick with some people about that i'm not going to get into it now about accepting things into your life it's important you know to kind of start out i would recommend if somebody is going to start out doing tarot an oracle um to go ahead and get a learner's deck for the tarot i think that's really cool they have the meanings of them it'll help you remember them faster unless you know you know you want to assign your own meanings but tarot's tarot now oracle cards are different there's all kinds of oracle cards for all kinds of different things and um, i found them to be very useful i honestly prefer oracle cards over tarot um yeah emily's making a really awesome deck i don't know how much she wants to tell y'all she said it before but i'll let her say what she wants about it's that it's gonna be special and it it's going to remove the need for Ouija boards. There you go. Because Very good. we'll get into why Ouija boards are meh. But um, the whole purpose of my deck is to keep people protected when doing divination so they don't accidentally let in demonic entities and bad things. Right. Very good. Mm -hmm. I'm excited. So it's going to, I got all the artwork done. I just got to do the book and uh, yeah. That's going to be awesome. I'm looking forward to mm -hmm. it. Me too. I'm so excited. Yeah, it's going to be great. It really is. I can't wait to get one. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm ready. Let's You're do it. Playing cards now. I know. <laughs> I'm just moving slow. That's what she said. Okay. Playing cards. I love using playing cards as divination tools. Actually, Something about me you may or may not know, or y'all, you all may not know, is I was infatuated with playing cards and not, I, it's kind of funny now that I think back about it because I've always been drawn to the one-eyed Jack. So I, at one time, wanted to own a business named that, uh, a brewery actually, and I don't know how much I want to tell people because they, I, I probably could sell this idea, but I was going to do a whole card themed like um brewery and i never realized why i was so drawn to playing cards i used to play cards and stuff but come to find out later in life they're used for divination so if i see a deck of playing cards laying around somewhere and i'm bored i might just pick them up and start doing that so it's also known as cartomancy Okay, and it's a form of divination that's used, that uses the playing cards to predict things or situations. Uh, it's a practice that has been around for centuries, and it's often associated with ancient cultures such as Egypt, Greece, and Rome. Also France. Definitely France. I think that was like the first, I don't know, the first deck of playing cards. That's something we didn't look up. But I know there's France involved in there. And there are many different methods of card divination, but the most common involves interpreting an arrangement of cards and the spread. Uh, the spades all represent like kind of the darker things, the heart, you know, obviously the matter of the heart. I believe diamonds is money and the clubs is, what is it? 
I can't remember. Forgive me. But each one of them has a different meaning. And uh, each number has a different meaning as well. Um, and you can also do it based on intuition, of course. But you want to take into account the context of the reading and the questions that were asked by the client to be able to do it. Now, now, there is a uh, deck that I got when I first started like buying the decks and it's called the Conjure Cards and they're based on Appalachian folk magic traditions. I am going to do a name drop because I really like his work. His name's Jake Richards. He writes books. Um, a Doctor and the Devil's one of them. Um, also, uh, what's the name of the other one? Backwoods Witchcraft. And it talks about Appalachian folk magic. And I find it very fascinating. And the deck of cards have been really helpful. Um, it talks about life and everything associated, especially with Appalachia. But it's something we all can relate to. Um, I found it useful in helping clients. Like, I use those a lot of the times to validate my readings. They're very cool. So, if you're looking for, if you want to get a deck of playing cards and, like, kind of do your own thing, you really can. Um, it's a lot of fun. But if you're looking for a deck that's associated with playing cards, I would recommend the Conjure Card deck by Jake Richards. I really like yeah, it. I like them too. I have that. Yeah, they're they're awesome. But next, we're going to be moving on to Dowsing Rods. So I actually bought a pair of Dowsing Rods in 2021 20, uh, back up in Connecticut uh, when I went to go see Annabelle. And a lot of people know these. Uh, know of these and they're known uh, also as divining rods or dowsers and they're tools used in divination uh, to explore and locate underground water sources minerals and other hidden objects look I've had the most fun like I <laughs> walking around my house because I know where my main water line is and showing my kids like how it works and it, it does really does work and high EMF um, it works for that too but as soon as I get to the main water line uh, that's in my basement under the floor, it immediately crosses. So, I mean, they are very much uh, a tool of magnetism and they can be used for many different things. Um, I have had some creepy shit happen with them. I was trying to show the kids how it literally would cross over the top of a bottle of water. I've had that happen too. And I was trying to show the kids that and I was standing in the living room and all of a sudden, got this weird ass feeling and the dowsing rods went straight to my haunted mirror. <laughs> I was like, Oh hell no. Get the kitty, get the kids. Let's go. All right. Anyways, uh, long running inside joke. Um, but no, I really didn't. It's, it's quite interesting. So they, the rods, if you're not familiar with them, they typically consist of two L shaped rods or a Y shaped rod made of metal wood or other materials i prefer using copper that's just me very conductive um the dowser holds the rods loosely uh with the shorter end pointing forward uh holding the shorter ends and of course the longer ends point forward and you just walk around an area you can ask questions and all that kind of stuff or you can just search for water and have fun with it it's really neat um you do see a lot of people using these to get yes or no answers and that kind of is like I, I know that it's possible, like you, you, that does happen, but you do have a spirit there moving that, I think. I mean, could it be our own energy saying yes or no? Like we're pulling that from, you know, our intuition, yes, but for it to constantly work like that, in my opinion, I'm, I'm pretty sure there's spirits around. Yeah. Commonly, I sense spirits around the people doing that, which is something you have to be careful with. 
Um, I think the difference, um, without getting too far off topic though, I think the difference between using dowsing rods and tear cards is sometimes that does come internally, but you also could use the cards and have a spirit flipping them out. Like That's you what seem I do. Like, <laughs> yeah, you can do that. And that will happen sometimes for sure too. Um, back to dowsing rods though. The using of dowsing rods is ba uh, dowsing rods is based on the belief that it can detect subtle energy vibrations emitted by the target object or substance. So theoretically you would have to some people can't use dowsing rods. It was something that was believed that only certain people could use. And among, um, in Appalachian, the mountains and stuff, it might be other places, but that's just what I know. Um, and it's believed that they respond to energies moving across or crossing the dowser's hands, indicating the presence or direction of the salt after object. That to me, if it's not spiritually being moved, then it's it's definitely like the intuition of the person, I think. Because you're going to have to have this image in your head. You're going to have to, or something. There's going to have to be some type of psychic stuff going on there. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. Um, specific techniques for using dow dowsing rods may vary among the practitioner, but generally it involves focusing one's intention and maintaining a state of receptivity or sensitivity while walking or scanning the area. I need to do that to find some gold. I love gold. Okay. As dowsers approach the target, the rods may react by crossing, uncrossing, or moving in specific directions like they did towards my haunted mirror. It made a fucking beeline straight to it. I was like, ah! All right. <laughs> but yeah, the dowser interprets the movements as indications of the location or proximity of the desired object or substances. So those that's pretty much what dowsing rods are. They are kind of interesting. I think it's a low-risk uh, divination tool personally if it's done properly um, and it can be a lot of fun so I was gonna say too with the dowsing rods I feel like there's a lot of contamination potential though with the dowsing rods because of what it picks up mm -hmm. I think it depends on the user and I think it depends on the location that's I, what mean, I mean like yeah, if you if you have a bunch of energy running through your house, that it would be it, to mess with it, it would have to be at an unhealthy level. Mm. But from using it, um, I it it would be dependent. I think like if you're using it near water and you're not paying attention, <laughs> right, yeah. right, it could, it very well could. But I would, I've never tried it. Like I would have to, I would, I would like to try that actually. Mm. You gave me an idea because people use it all the time and underground water. But I have I have seen people like find the craziest shit like they have intentions and they go do it and they walk on they walk over water. I mean, it's all under us. It's all under our feet. So it is potential. But you brought up an interesting point. There's something there to it. I can't explain mm -hmm. it. 100%. I used them one but. time and that was in a haunted house and it worked like there was like no electricity and it was William Penn's house so it didn't have electricity really in it where we were right so right and you have to be pretty close and I've seen to like electrical line unless it's like a Mac Daddy electrical line for it to really like yeah. really get set off you know you really about have to be right on it and close to it but I guess it all is depending. Mm -hmm. So maybe we should try that out. It would be fun. Heck yeah. Next up, 
which is again very similar, is the pendulum. A pendulum is a divination tool consisting of a weighted object, often a crystal, metal, or wooden pendant attached to a chain or string. The pendulum is held by the practitioner, allowing the weighted end to hang freely. It is used to gain insights, answers, or guidance through its movements. The use of a pendulum in divination is based on the belief that it can tap into the subconscious mind or higher intuition to access information beyond conscious awareness. The practitioner holds the pendulum steady and asks questions mentally or mentally focuses on a particular issue. The pendulum then moves in response to these inquiries, indicating yes or no answers, directional movements, or even more complex responses. The specific movements of the pendulum can vary among practitioners, but but common responses include back and forth swings, circular motions, or side-to-side movements. The practitioner establishes a baseline or calibration by asking known questions with known answers to determine the corresponding movements of the pendulum for yes and no responses. Pendulums can be used for a wide range of purposes, including decision-making, problem-solving, and personal guidance. They can assist in uncovering subconscious beliefs, exploring energy imbalances, or determining the suitability of choices or actions. Pendulum divination is often seen as a form of intuitive communication and can be complemented by other divination methods or techniques. So the experience that I have with pendulums, I use it for Reiki to to figure out which chakras are open and closed and how much are open and closed, like the level of openness and closeness. Yeah. There's so many things you can do with pendulums, and they're so cool. Mm, I love them. Well, I would say most of the time that I've used one, if it's for stuff kind of like that, I have used that uh, for that purpose. But as far as, like, yes and no questions, it's to me, it's not always accurate. Now, have yeah have i used some form of a pendulum for um predicting the gender of a baby i have done that since i was 10 years old matter of fact we would take a pencil uh, i think it was an unsharpened pencil or it might be a sharpened pencil actually it didn't matter we we prefer to unsharpen one but if we had a sharpened one it didn't matter we'd take a sewing needle and thread and stick it in the center of the eraser uh, I think that's why we used the unsharpened one because the everything was like the same and we would hold it over the pregnant woman's stomach. And my mama actually taught me that. And um, when she was pregnant with my brother and sister, she had me do it before she found out the gender. I think I was 11. I was. And she had me hold it over her stomach and then we'll see around and around we said was for a girl and back and forth was a boy so other people i think do it the other way but this is the a time to say if you set that intention for it to be round and around for a girl it means it's a girl for you okay and then back and forth is a boy so 
a lot of times when you do that, it'll either go around and around or back and forth. No, no, no. This pencil was going around and around and back and forth. Now I was like, bitch, you have, well, I didn't say bitch, but I was like, bitch, you having twins. You're having a boy and a girl. She's like, nah, -uh. well, like not about a month later, we go to the hospital to have the sonogram. And this is like in 1998, you know, and they're doing, it's a real small little screen. And I was looking and they were like, here's baby A and here's baby B. And I was like, I told you, I told you. It was so funny. But yeah, so that's another way. And you can use different things. It doesn't just have to be a stone uh, or a piece of plastic. It can be anything. But I personally like to use stones because of the energy or different stones for different reasons. It's really, it's fun to have one. But the accuracy of yes, no questions I've noticed is not really yeah. on point. Okay. We have our next one, our next divination item. Yep, Danae item, which also moves, which is the Ouija board. So we all know what they are, but just in case, the Ouija board is a divination tool consisting of a board that displays letters of the alphabet, numbers, and other symbols, along with a planchette, which is a small triangular shaped device with a window in the center. And the board and the planchette are typically made of wood, plastic, or other materials. People make some really cool ones out of resin, mm. honestly. The use of the Ouija board involves two or more people placing their fingers lightly on the planchette, which is then moved by a collective energy or subconscious inti uh, intentions of the participant. <clears throat> the idea that spirits or entities from the other side of the veil can communicate through the board, spelling out words or messages by moving the planchette or two different letters or sim uh, to different letters or symbols. So there is some people think it is like an internal thing, kind of like with the pendulum, but I think it's a it's the same. There's two two aspects mm -hmm. to this. Um we if you've been around for a while, we do not recommend messing with them because of the experiences that We've either had ourselves or through somebody else's horrific experience. This is not to say that there are some people out there that are confident in what they're doing and do it. They do. There's people out here that are like, quote unquote, professional, which people don't like that word in this industry, um, at using Ouija boards or very um, well versed in using them. I specifically do not want to use a Ouija board ever again in my life. Um, I have spoke about this uh, in other episodes, but briefly, when I was 12 years old, I had a Ouija board from the 1970s, and I had my friend come over, and she wanted to use it, and I did not believe in it, but she did. She's like, it's going to work, and I'm like, no, it's not. She's like, yes, it is. I'm like, all right, then prove it, because I really did not think it was going to work. It worked. It worked on the first try. It worked every single time to my recollection. We even brought somebody else in on this, like a neighbor. Um, and he was like, no, nah, it's not working. You're moving that. I'm like, no, I'm not. And we were asking questions like, "What? Um, what's my social security number? Because my mother drilled that shit into my head then. Yeah, I knew my social security number at 12. Okay. Um <laughs> But basically, yeah, I ask questions like that. Or what is my grandmother's phone number? What is um, my mom's middle name? Things my friend did not know. 
And I know I wasn't moving the board and it was going, it was a getting, it wasn't stopping. It wasn't like a real slow process. It was spelling it out. We were like, and it was wild. And we did it, I would say around four or five times, uh, maybe a little more, maybe a little less, but the last, and you know, my home life wasn't the greatest. Um, I, I had just, I think I was in middle school. Yeah. So, I mean, it wasn't anything too crazy. I'm pretty sure it was the summer of 6th to 7th or 7th to 8th. Um, but the last time we ever used it, we finally asked what its name was. And I asked some other stupid questions I'm not going to get into. But just be careful what you ask on a Ouija board if you're ever going to do it, which I recommend you not doing. The last question I ever asked on this board, and I never used it again or never allowed anybody to use it again. I'm pretty sure we threw it away. Uh, we try. I know this is, this is a big no-no, but we tried to burn it. Like, you know, this is before Daddy Google and before people talked about this kind of stuff, like openly, you know, in conversation because you didn't have any way to talk to other people in other places unless you knew them and called them, right? Uh, this was those kind of days. So just, this was, yeah, so this was like in the 90s. Um, the last question I ever asked was, what is your name? And it started to spell out, Jesus. <laughs> well, you know, no, 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 nay, nay. That, we never touched it again because, you know, we're two kind of somewhat suburban-y, white girls in the south so you don't you don't do that they it, it fucked up and we closed it out and we never used it again so um yeah but after that i definitely um started noticing things shift and it was in a way that wasn't a hundred percent supernatural now my mom said she saw things around the house all the time I'd say two years later, I woke up with a figure like on the other side of my room in front of my closet, basically, and it disappeared when I opened my eyes. But as far as the emotional turmoil and everything else, it seemed like things got worse around my home life. And I can't blame that on the Ouija board itself, but I do know for a fact that it can cause things to come in and um, things to attach to people. I've talked to people I'm going to let Emily elaborate on that because we both have, because uh, I've told my story, but um, I will say it it is not always a good thing. My point is it can come in over time. It can be days. It can be months. It can be years. Yeah. And things that are nasty and negative have all the time in the world just to wait to when you're in a bad mood to mess with you. And no, you're not going to track something down to a Ouija board from a year, years ago right most of the time but it is something that can slowly develop over time and creep into where you don't even realize it yep and a lot of the clients yeah. i have become my clients because they used a ouija board and now they have a freaking nasty nasty spirit whether it's demonic or just a malicious or malevolent non-human entity or a malicious human entity it's like when you use these things when you, especially when you use it with other people, it's like you're creating a portal because it's using you and the people, other people using it as the battery to fuel the portal and the communication. So it's, it's no good, yeah. but 
I went to that haunted house, the William Penn house. It's the the Brinton Lodge or whatever. Um, the lady who owns or is in charge of that place right now freaking collects Ouija boards and uses them. And there is a demonic entity there. And there are right. so many portals in there. It's bad. It's bad. But it's it's not something I recommend. Even if you hear people say, oh, nothing bad ever happened to me. Meanwhile, they're getting a divorce. Or they're dying right. of cancer. And I don't know. I just... Mm-mm. There, that's yeah. why I'm making my oracle deck <laughs> so you guys don't have to put right. yourself in danger it's one thing to collect like I I love the Ouija board theme yeah. I, love, I love the planchette I love it for decorative purposes mm-hmm. but um, if you know it just is open the, Here, here's the main line nothing positive communicates through Correct. the board nothing positive communicates through the board higher vibrational beings do not communicate that way i'm firm on that they do not yeah they do not communicate through that because of what they don't it's it's the it is the opposite of how they communicate and this is where it comes back to like earning your stripes in your own spiritual journey you can communicate with higher vibrational beings in the form you were meant to this goes back to our other episodes of um, your natural born intuitive gifts. Mm-hmm. You will not always see things or get messages. You may not be built that way as an energetic being. You may be built as a person that gets feelings mm-hmm. in the body that you have to learn how to interpret, interpret. And that takes time. And people do not these days have patience. They just want proof of the yeah. afterlife. This is not the way to get it. Mm-mm. And I don't, I, I'm sorry, put my foot down. Come for me. I normally say don't you know, come for me. We'll have a debate because I, I don't, I don't play with this. This is something that is, it's just, it honestly is dumb. It's, it's, it's not mm-hmm. smart. Um, I know I'm being a little harsh, but it's, it's facts. It's not smart to do this. Take it from somebody that's done it. Mm-hmm um and the situations and everything take it go and find stories of people doing it maybe ever not everybody's stories probably some of them are fake or whatever you know y'all have seen things people if y'all are into this kind of stuff you've seen the stories don't be curious and use a ouija board get get a pendulum or something you know they're they're not the same and it's it's the the stuff that's been put into the ouija board itself it's, it was created over time. I'm. I would. I would go as far to say this is just my feeling. It hasn't always been that way. When this was created, unless it was created by somebody, because Em and I have learned that people that create divination tools, spirits can step into that role of being the protector or the advocator for that specific divination mm-hmm. tool. So they all have different characteristics. Please do not use them. If you do use them, please know that there is a risk involved. You know, we know people that are way better at the stuff than us, and we know people that are not. And I would recommend nobody, no matter how good you think you are, to use them um, at any way because there are repercussions. I want to add another perspective, too. So, absolutely, I agree with everything you said. Now, I want to also throw in this. 
Remember about intentions and thought forms and all that stuff, right? And it's like enough of the collective has put in, even though we know, you know, it is dangerous. But then you have the addition of the collective knowing or at least enough of the collective is saying that it is dangerous, which is going to make it dangerous, if that makes sense. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. And that's that's kind of like it may not have started out yeah. that way, but it evolved at the very yeah. least. But now it makes me kind of want to look and see what they have about the Ouija yeah. board. It really does. It makes me um, want to kind of look into the history. But yeah, that's pretty much all I have for the Ouija. The Ouija. Okay. Now we got the rune tiles. So rune tiles, also known as runes, are ancient divinatory tools that are used in various forms of divination, particularly in Norse and Germanic traditions. They are typically small rectangular tiles or stones that are inscribed with runic symbols, the runic alphabet known as the Elder, and I'm sorry for those who are educated in this, but I'm going to pronounce this wrong. Elder Futhark consists of 24 symbols, each representing a specific sound or concept. In divination rule uh, rules, runes, Rune tiles are typically cast or drawn from a bag or a set of tiles. Much like tarot cards, the symbols on the runes are believed to hold spiritual and mystical meanings. And by interpreting these symbols, practitioners can gain insight into various aspects of life, such as relationships, career, health, and personal growth. The interpretation of runes and divination can vary depending on the practitioner's tradition, personal beliefs, and the context of the reading. Some practitioners may rely on traditional meanings associated with each rune symbol, while others may incorporate intuition and personal associations to interpret the messages conveyed by the runes. And then I chucked in here a little thing about uh, Scrabble tiles because it can be used in a similar fashion, but they can be repurposed for divination in a similar way to rune tiles or other symbolic systems. To use the Scrabble tiles in divination, you would assign meanings to each letter of the alphabet based on your own system or a pre-existing one. These meanings can be derived from traditional interpretations, personal associations, or a combination of both. Once you have assigned meanings to the letters, you can shuffle or mix the tiles while focusing on your question or intention. Then you can draw a certain number of tiles arrange them, or even create words or combinations with them to gain insight into the situation or inquiry at hand. The interpretation of the Scrabble tiles would then depend on the letters drawn, their positions, the words formed, and any patterns or connections you observe. You can apply your knowledge of the assigned meanings, your intuition, and your understanding of the context to interpret the message conveyed by the tiles. And then music, I just want to briefly throw that in there. Um, I do a lot of stuff with music when it comes to uh, song association, and I sometimes do use that in readings, 
but uh, song association to what hits you personally or based off of actual meaning of the song. So for me, and I've seen this happen on other channels, like you'll have someone be doing a reading and they'll use cards and all that, but then they'll go through their music playlist and like shuffle through it and whatever song comes up is, you know, the song meant for you. And, you know, I've done that. I've also had songs sung or I've heard songs in my head relayed from spirit they'll pick a song for me and then I'll start singing it and then it'll pertain to the person it was meant for yep that's exactly what happens to me it um I'll wake up sometimes if I this isn't normal I'll just wake up with a song in my head and I make sure I note it and I write it down or make a mental note of it because within three days I'll have a client that it pertains to like uh, I did a reading on a Facebook group when I was still practicing and stuff uh, one time, and that is exactly what happened. I've pro I've done that several times, but also I believe like um, your spirit guides communicate with you, and this is somewhat psychic-y from a psychic perspective. Mm -hmm. But if you can't get a song out of your head, sometimes it's just frozen, right? And then we can't get it out of our head. But if it's something just off the beaten path, for sure, pay attention to it because it could help you in your future divination. Mm -hmm. It's very yes. cool. Faux show. All right. So briefly, I'm just going to talk about dice because it, it, it can be used as a form of divination. Um, and it's known as, how do you, I don't even know, like, like my country ass. And, you know, we done talked about this. Claromancy. Is that right? Claromancy. Sounds right. Sounds right. All right, good. It's a form of divination that uses dice to predict the future. And it is a practice that has been around for centuries and it's often associated with ancient cultures. There are many different methods of dice divination, but for the most common involved interpreting uh, the numbers or a combination of the numbers that appear when the dice are rolled. And the interpretation of the dice is often based on the intuition of the diviner. Uh, the diviner may also take into account the context of the reading, such as the questions that were asked. Um, I personally, and I know Emily has some too, I have the astrology dice and I actually really like them. They're very cool because if you understand what each house means, what each you know planet means, and I think it's zodiac, what each mm -hmm. zodiac means, you can actually take it and form a um, interpretation off of the client's questions are just for fun uh it's a lot it's actually a lot of fun yeah i use honestly. i use blank dice and then i write on them too yeah and that's really cool i would like to try to do that one day um myself because i mean that's the fun part is you can assign whatever you want and you know however you want to do it but yeah it is just one way to do it um i would say it's relatively safe because it's something i mean it could have the double-edged sword here but it's mainly done through your interpretation of the luck of the draw and then you know what spirit was just talking to me about for whatever reason or just said to me is quantum the quantum possibilities or probability um and i don't know why but we'll just leave that there unless you want to add to the it <laughs> well quantum probability of like things how things are rolled there's a whole like i don't i'm not a scientist either. you know i don't understand it but it's something to do with like quantum probability and spirituality and all that. Cause I do believe it's related. I don't know why that just popped in my head. Mm. I don't know anything else. 
Cool. All right. So now we're going to move. We're going to, instead of just talk about a specific thing, we're going to talk about the element of fire uh, because fire can be read in different ways. So you have fire, smoke, and candles. We kind of just grouped all these together and me and Emma are going to take turns just briefly talking about it. A lot of people use this. You'll see this a lot of places. People read the candles or the smoke or whatnot. Um, so yeah, you want to go ahead and kick off the first one for Which us. Which is flame. Flameo Chapman. Well, you probably won't get that reference. Anyway, it's nope. an avatar. Uh, yeah, anyway. Flame <laughs> divination is a form of divination that uses the flame of a candle or other fire to predict the future. It is a practice that has been around for centuries and is often associated with ancient cultures. There are uh, many different methods of flame divination, but the most common involve interpreting the shape of the flame, the color of the flame, and the movement of the flame. <laughs> the interpretation of the flame Fine. is often based on the intuition of the, you say diviner, I say diviner, potato, potato, may, may, Country, <laughs> may also take into account the context of the reading, such as the questions that were asked by the client, and it reminds me of the Red Woman in Game of Thrones, Melisandre. But yeah, flames. Yo. I used to be infatuated with flames. I bet. I my, my username was Flame Chick. You're, you're such an 80s child. Oh my God, flames and stars. And now I know why. You want to? I'll tell you why. Because it's not, it's not hell, it's my inner flame. It's that's what I teach other people to do. I ignite my inner flame. I am infatuated with that for whatever reason. And stars, Astrology. I've always been infatuated with stars. Yep. And my first car was a red Mitsubishi Eclipse 1995. That bitch was sparkling when I got her. And she got decked out with flames too. <laughs> the flame dice, the flame fucking seats. And I don't care what I know. It was bomb. And I had two tens and a band pass in the back. So... You probably don't know what that means. A two what and a what in the back? Two tens and a bam no, pass. I have no idea. Viva la bam. Okay. So, <laughs> no. Um, there's only like a six-year difference here, but two tens and a bam pass, if you know what it means, leave us a comment down below. Um, but yeah, so flames, definitely you can watch them dance, and there's different ways. Um, there's different colors associated with it. There's tons of different ways to read the flames. We're not going to go into how to do that, but we are going to talk about smoke because that is the other way. So you have to have to have smoke, basically you have to have fire. They go hand in hand, but they're done similar, but they're different things in a way. Uh, smoke divination, also known as capnomancy, capnomancy, is a form of divination that uses smoke from incense or other burning materials. Uh, it, it is the practice that has been around definitely for a while and, again, associated with all kinds of cultures. It's definitely very common among those that practice um, uh, certain types of witchcraft, actually, these days. I think that's more uh, where it's more common. Uh, in my opinion, I don't know. Uh, and there's di different methods, of course. Uh, but it's basically, if this, I've heard if the smoke goes up in a straight line, the energy's fine. But if your smoke's like going off in all kinds of directions, then there could be basically a spirit, you know, messing with it. So the smoke can, it's the different roles, it's the different uh, color, not well, the thickness of the smoke, it's the way the smoke goes up. That's it's all kinds said. of different things. 
Yeah, exactly. And yeah, but smoke is definitely a, one of the ways that you can do divination as well. Then we got some candles. So candle divination, also known as ceramancy, is a form of divination that uses the flame and wax of a candle to predict the future. It is a practice that has been around for centuries. So basically, um, like twin flame readings, a lot of times people will use them for that. They monitor the rate of the candle burning, the wax burning, the way the flame's moving, the way the smoke's moving. Are the flames conjoining together or are they pushing apart? Um, that's a common practice that I've personally seen in the modern era here. Um, and then they also, you know, you can use candles for um, doing like work, like energy work as well. And you notice sometimes you, you're supposed to set your intentions into the flame, into the candle or whatever. And you notice how the flame is flickering and everything. But when you combine the smoke and the flames and everything together, most of the time, if people are reading smoke and fire it's coming from a candle or it's coming from incense whether that's formed in uh just like a stick incense or your incense bowl so i just wanted to put candles in there too because um that's that's pretty common but yeah so that's why i included candles that's pretty much all i have about candles um we could talk a lot about candles actually there's a lot to it they're actually very helpful tools in my opinion i enjoy using them Next, we're going to talk about tea leaves. So, tea leaves is a divination known as, oh God. Tassiography. Yep, tassiography. <laughs> and it, obviously, you know, you use tea leaves in a cup of tea to predict the future, like Zoltar. So, I personally have never done this. I don't know, Emily, if you have either. But there's different methods. The most common involves interpreting the shape, size, and position of the tea leaf in the cup. And the interpretation of the tea leaf is often based on the intuition of the person. But there's also certain standards that people do follow. And I would assume that moves from culture to culture, person to person. And then, of course, you can always kind of create your own. Would you ever be interested in reading tea leaves, Emily? Eh. I have t of oracle cards that are tea leaf cards. <laughs> cool. <laughs> but I do use bay leaves sometimes, but I don't read them per se. I have other purposes for them. I just read the bubbles in my bubble bag. <laughs> it's fine. Right. <laughs> but yeah, I've personally never done it. I know it's, it's, it's definitely ancient. It's an ancient uh, method for sure. One that might be not as ancient, but could be older, is coffee grinds, Emily. Coffee grind divination, also known as the same thing. Or, ca is it? Cafe-omancy. Cafe-omancy. <laughs> cafe I want to get me my cafe-omancy on. So you're pretty much reading the grounds of the cup of coffee. So it's the same thing as the tea leaf one, but with coffee grinds. Yeah, and it's yeah. actually associated with Turkey and Turkish beliefs. Oh. Yeah, that's kind of interesting. Wow, you learn something new every day. Yeah, this was most recently brought up to me. Um, they interpret the, the way it sticks to the side of the cup or whatever. I'm not going to have any coffee grinds in my cup. They're going to be in my filter, so... I'm going to have mm -hmm. to look into my filter, right? I don't drink coffee, so I don't buy it. That's a bummer. 
Ugh, no thank you. Okay, it's over. Our relationship's done. Off. <laughs> Off. Done. Next. Anyways. Egg yolks. So every time I think of like egg yolks, do you what's the first thing that comes to your mind when reading egg yolks? I'm just curious if you if it comes um, to you too. Doesn't it have to do with like if if your egg breaks or your yolk breaks versus I'm sorry. Yes, yeah, there's certain things like that, but I meant um sorry, I meant situational. Do you have any reference to the egg yolk? I'm I don't know, I'm just seeing Oh, when you get two you get two egg yolks, that's good luck in your egg. Yeah, but I was thinking, I was thinking along the lines of like old, uh, not old Salem shit, Salem, like how that's why one of the witches got burnt stake because they caught her reading egg yolks. I don't know if that's a myth or not, but that's the first thing I think of every time I think of egg yolks, and I see them informing a coffin, and I don't know what movie that's from. <laughs> oh, yeah, but yeah, there's different meanings. You are right, very much so. Um, and let's see. I don't know. I've just never, I've never really tried it, but yeah, it has a lot to do with if it's double eggs, does the yolk break? Does it not break? You know, I don't know. I don't really know much else about it. I can't really give you much more of an explanation. I know you can use egg yolks to see if someone's been cursed. Right. But I, I don't, I was going to say, I don't know the specifics to it, but I think I, I know people who do, but that is a thing. Yeah, it definitely is. Um, I don't know. I might try it one day. We need to try. Well, you know what? We need to try some of these one day <laughs> just yeah. to see, like, and maybe learn about it. I think it would be fun. I don't know if you're comfortable with doing it, but I think it's, I would be more comfortable with doing things like this than like a Ouija board. Word. Honestly. Me too. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. But talking about eggs and like animals and leaf and teas and all that kind of cool stuff. Now we have nature things. So Emily's got some goodies for us to yes, talk sir. about. Yes, I do. So this, I have a, I have a bunch of examples under here. So we have augury, which is a form of divination that involves observing and interpreting the behavior of birds. So a good example has to do with like counting crows. That's a thing apparently that I learned a few months ago, actually. And it's based on the belief that birds can convey messages and omens through their flight patterns calls and interactions different bird species and their behaviors are associated with specific meanings or messages and then we have botomancy which has to do with using plants and herbs and interpreting the shapes patterns or characteristics of plants in their parts such as leaves flowers or roots this practice can involve casting or scattering plant material and then interpreting the resulting patterns or how they fall. It's almost like throwing bones in a way. Then we have weather divination. So weather patterns and atmospheric conditions have been used in other cultures. So in ancient times, people would observe the behavior of clouds, wind, rain, and lightning to interpret messages or predict future events. And I remember like, or I should say, I pretty much heard this in my head, Claire, cognizantly, like when thunder or I should say lightning strikes, people would say, oh, it's the gods. They're pissed off or yeah. something like that. 
Yeah. And the, with, I don't know if you have this in here, but I just want to, since it's probably a good time to mention it here, I don't know if it's a thing up there, but when we call it, when the leaves are turned, mm -hmm. that means there's rain coming. Oh, I and didn't know that. Yeah. And that could be borderline a superstition, but I think it's more of a divination because down here, like right before, even if you, you can kind of tell if it might rain or something, but if it's going to rain that day, the leaves will turn over. So if you've never heard, if anybody's never heard of that, just start paying attention um, for sure. Because I, it's, it kind of is almost always true. Like I follow that. Oh, I follow if I get a headache or not. If it, right. if I do, depending a certain spot on my head, if I get a headache, it's going to rain. <laughs> I understand that. Yeah. And it's just like, kind of like an old wives tale. If the mm -hmm. leaves are turned, then it goes along. I mean, I don't know how, where that originates from. Again, I would be interested in looking, but I thought it was cool to mention yeah. just in case people didn't know. And then we got geomancy. So that's a practice that uses natural elements and patterns on the Earth's surface. It involves interpretations based on the arrangement of stones, sand, or other natural materials within a designated area. So the person doing the reading of it observes the shapes, lines, and patterns that emerge and derive meaning from them. You got animal symbolism. So animals have long been associated with symbolic uh, meanings and have been used in divination. Animal symbolism can be found in uh, forms of div divination such as tarot cards where different animals are depicted and carry specific interpretations. Animal encounters or sightings in nature can also be interpreted as messages or signs from the spiritual realm so the woolly bear caterpillars so if you have a certain amount of black versus brown on them could indicate what kind of winter you're gonna have yeah that's very common here mm -hmm. the groundhog yep you got groundhog if he sees his shadow or he doesn't see his shadow yeah yeah, and seeing different types of animals and stuff, which is all, like, cultural dependent, mm -hmm. of course. But I think it's fair to mention. It's really neat. I do want to try some geomancy, though. Let's do it. Let's go roll around yeah. in the yard. Fuck okay. yeah. Let's go touch some grass. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> then we have crystal and stone divination. So each crystal or stone is believed to carry its own energetic properties and meanings. And so... Uh, practitioners may choose specific stones or crystals based on their associations or intuitively select them for divinatory purposes. They may observe the color, shape, texture, or patterns within the stones and interpret their messages accordingly. Then we got tree divination where um, trees have been regarded as sacred and wise beings in many cultures Tree divination involves connecting with specific trees or their parts, such as branches, leaves, or bark, to receive guidance or insight. This can be done through meditation, visualization, or simply being in the presence of a tree. The shape of the tree, uh, its growth patterns and messages conveyed through the rustling of its leaves can be interpreted symbolically, but then you also have spirits that are uh, kind of taking care of them, like the divas and then the dryads and so it's like there's a whole bunch of can of worms to be opened in that right and i would like to mention certain trees take on different characteristics of the energy around them mm -hmm. 
I think that's fascinating because then you have like, we've heard all heard of like, I mean, I'm not trying to be too sensitive here, but the hanging trees, like they end up mm-hmm. getting a certain energy about them. And then um, also like the witch's tree in Kentucky, like certain stories go along with that and they just look all wicked and stuff. But I do mm-hmm. think that they can be influenced based on the energy and the environment and what has happened. Mm-hmm. And I feel like too, like, I don't know, clairsentient people have a way of picking that stuff up with the the earth stuff. For sure. I'm very drawn to trees. I love me some trees. Yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. Treasure tree and company. <coughs> <coughs> anyway, then we have earth divination. So involves observing and interpreting natural phenomena related to the earth, such as earthquakes, volcanic activity. Or land formations. It can also include dowsing, which is, you know, because we already said it. And then (laughs) the Earth's energy and movements are believed to hold messages or indications that can be interpreted for divinatory purposes. Okay, but is it divinatory or is it science? Um, Or both? Both. I I mean, personally, I believe it would be both. Of course, we got scientific stuff but yeah you can it's the same if you're using different things like you're not just locating water with uh dowsing rods Mm -hmm. you can locate objects you can locate all kinds of shit and points of energy in terms of like the earth chakras and lines and Mm -hmm. energy lines and ley lines and all that kind of stuff yes yeah so oh sorry i was gonna say now your most favorite topic one of them yes that would be astrology astrology so there's different types of astrology right and um basically the type of divination astrology would be referred to as predictive astrology so astrology we all know is basically the study of the moons and the stars and you know even mathematical points uh based on the position of the moon for example the lunar nodes and stuff like that Uh, But you can use astrology in a predictive way by, uh, for example, if you have a known event that occurred on a specific date, having the time is very helpful. But if you know when it occurred and where it occurred, the time is relevant but can be swayed a little bit. You can actually, like, let's say the birth of America. So we can take the birth of America, plug it into the chart, and get a transit reading. So the transit's really important about predictive astrology because if you if you look ahead, so I can I can have the initial like natal chart of the birth of America, and then throw in the transit chart, which is the current position of all of the you know the the sun, the moon, the planets, all the other stuff, the asteroids, anything you want to add in there. These days, they're going wild with the asteroids and different types of dwarf planets, which I haven't got as much into as I would like. But you can take those things and you can put it uh, or do the reference between the natal chart and the transit chart and make certain predictions. There are people that actually do like questions now for predictive astrology. I find it very fascinating because these people get like really into it. Okay. Um, And it can determine things like where a person is at, 
uh, in life. And I've known of people actually trying to identify literally where a person's at. And there has been some success. One thing I can say about astrology is it is highly accurate if you know what you're doing, in my personal opinion. And it does come with a, a point of interpretation uh, with the, okay, so it basically goes hand in hand sometimes with intuition. But even if you don't have intuition and you learn astrology, you you kind of get it. Like you can still understand something. Um, I will say that. And there's certain things people look at in predictive astrology, certain planets and certain cycles and stuff like that without going too far into it. But there is such a thing called predictive astrology. So and looking at your current transit compared to your natal chart is important. If you're having some really like crazy life changes, you can actually go in there and find how that relates to your current situation. And then jet on ahead to figure out maybe when those certain situations or feelings will begin to pass based on the movement of the planet, the stars, and other factors in astrology. So yeah, that is a form of divination. Okay. Next we have scrying. In so scrying, life. scrying divination, also known as crystal gazing, is a form of divination that uses a reflective surface to see visions of the future. It is a practice that has been around for centuries and, you know, associated with many ancient cultures. There are many different methods of scrying divination, but the most common involve gazing into a, a crystal ball, a mirror, or a bowl of water. Oh, that makes sense as the bath water. <laughs> the diviner may also use other reflective services such as a pool of oil or a black mirror you ain't gonna catch me using a, a mirror let alone a black mirror <laughs> oh man yeah i've seen some really cool pieces of jewelry though lately that's like that and i'm tempted but i won't use it but i'm tempted i'm just saying mm -hmm. to own it yes the diviner or the diviner then focuses their attention Diviner, on, damn it. on the reflective surface and waits for visions to appear. A.K.A. Nostradamus, who was a French physician and astrologer who lived in the 16th century. He is best known for his book of prophecies, The Prophetes. <laughs> Which, I can't pronounce fucking French. I don't know either. It's got that little hyphen there. I'm little prophetess. I don't but yeah, know. Everybody knows Notre Dame. And it's just his form of getting the information. Mm -hmm. Like that's how he got it. He used commonly uh, ink and water. Oh. Yeah, that was a very common uh, thing for him to do. And he would see his visions through the ink and the water. So mm -hmm. he was a scryer and an astrologer. So, I mean, that does help too. And very well could have used a form of predictive astrology. <laughs> and was probably clairvoyant. Yeah. yeah. Lots of things for sure. Because how, I mean, some people, I mean, it's a really hot topic a lot of the times, especially when something happens, you know. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, next we're going to move on from Notre Dame and scrying to palm readings. Very interested in palm readings. Uh, myself personally. 
So it's known as palmistry. This is very common. A lot of people associate uh, fortune tellers and psychics and stuff with palm reading. It actually makes very nice decorative stuff. I have one myself. I want um, one. I want one it, of those statues. With everything yeah, they're on it. they're really cute, and they're very they're they're very interesting. Um, and it's been practiced for a long time. We all know that. And basically, there's different points of reference on the hand. So each finger represents like a different planet. Then each section of the finger represents, I believe, don't hold me to this, the zodiac. And then there's different lines. You have your lifeline, your love line, and everything else. And there's certain identifying factors on the hand. Uh, I believe it's between your lifeline and oh, the top line but anyways for example if you have like an x on your hand between these two main lines that go i could say I horizontal then you are known as being an intuitive person mm, nice how about them apples i but got yeah, it but, on both hands i actually have multiple x's yep in those lines yep and there's different meanings so like under each different finger where it represents a certain planet i know there's different planets all around the palm but there's different ones under each finger that kind of represent the planet like right under it i think more so and each marking under each different finger um, has a different meaning and representation in terms of that too so but there's much much more i mean it goes really deep you can read both hands you can read one hand uh, everybody has their own interpretation of palmistry but overall, it's been done for a very long time, and it's very well known. And I, I actually, when I was younger, I uh, um, tried to start looking into that. About the same time that I was looking into astrology, which was kind of around the age of like 12 and 13, maybe even 11. Um, and I actually did that for my teacher in sixth mm -hmm. grade. I just remembered. And I looked at her hand, and I told her, uh, she was in her 50s, and I looked at her hand, and I said, you're only going to marry once. She's like, <gasps> I flipped that teacher out and that teacher and I told her a couple other things. That teacher treated me different for the rest of the year. So oh. I guess I've been doing this stuff a little. I forgot about that. I just remembered. I guess I've been doing this stuff for a while, but I never really picked it up. But it's something that I'm interested in learning more about for sure. But yeah, I think um I think that's all I have. Oh well, I will add this. There's different types of colors of the palm too that uh yeah i know that's interesting i don't know anything about it i'm just going to be very forward but i would like to learn more okay. next emily we have bone throwing yeet all right so bone throwing also known as osteomancy is a form of divination that involves throwing <laughs> bones to predict the future <laughs> you'll get some osteoarthritis if you keep throwing in bones around i already have osteo i'm gonna get I already have arthritis. Me too. <laughs> Osteo-fucking-porosis probably soon. That's all I thought about was osteoarthritis or whatever. Osteoporosis yeah. <laughs> and bone throwing. Yes, we can kind of laugh about it because we both have that. Thanks. Mm -hmm. All right. Sorry. Thank you, genetics. Yum. Yeah. That so, 80s yeah. and 90s food. <laughs> so as the children say these days, uh, you yeet the bones and they predict <laughs> the future. <laughs> but anyway, the bones used in yeeting or throwing <laughs> can vary depending on the culture. In some cultures, animal bones are used, while in others, human bones uh -oh, are used. The bones are typically Ugh. thrown onto a flat surface, and then the 
diviner or the diviner then interprets the way that the bones land to predict the future. The interpretation of the bones in bone throwing is often based off the culture. Yes, of the yeah. person throwing them. People be dying these bones these days. That chick on TikTok, I didn't learn how to die bones. The shape of the bones are important. Or the That's what she said. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and while in others, the way that the bones land is more important. The diviner, I'm sorry, but I have to say it the way you say it. The diviner. Yeah, I've tried. I've holded back the jokes so hard. Just keep going. I'm going to pause. I'll mute myself. Many may also take into account the context of the reading, such as the questions that were asked by the client. So here are some of the cultures that have practiced bone throwing. So we got the Mesopotamia. Um, so they used it to predict the future, but they believe that the bones were inhabited by spirits and that the way that the bones landed could be interpreted to reveal messages from the spirits. In Egypt, um, they believe that the bones were a way to communicate with the gods. In Greece, uh, they used a variety of objects uh, including the bone shells and entrails, but they believe that the objects could be used to reveal the will of the gods. And, you know, Rome, uh, yeah, they believe that the objects could be used to reveal the will of the gods as well. I feel like Rome and Greece are very similar, too, with the deities that they worship, so that makes sense. And then bone throwing is still practiced today by some of the cultures such as the Zulu people of South Africa. The Zulu people use a variety of bones to predict future, including the bones of animals, birds, and fish. They believe that the bones can be used to reveal messages from the ancestors. Yes. Yes. And then do you have anything to add? not really super important but i think every civilization has practiced that at one point or another we wouldn't be here mm-hmm. so charms charms chastity take it away i got the charm maybe not tonight but you know what i try so it is a form that uses charms basically you can use whatever you want it's a mod podge of different things that have symbolism that's not even necessarily assigned it's just different things that you can collect you can collect them yourself which makes it really fun like i'm in the process of wanting to do this and have some boxes and some things because i don't know it's just i enjoy collecting things obviously we talked about that but you can collect anything pennies buttons um you can actually go on amazon and buy like charms that have different symbolism and it is very similar to bone throwing but what you do is you have like a little mat and you can or you don't have to you can just throw it out on the table and basically you pick through the charm box and you throw them out and then you interpret the message based on the client or your requests and then you can get answers that way. Um, it just depends on the person. Um, it's really, really neat. Um, I definitely, there's several things on here that I can't sit here and say that I don't, I do want to try. Like, seriously, I don't want to try. Like, most of the things on this list, list have been safe to do within reason with good intentions. It's just a few things that you got to be kind of careful about. And all of these things, you can find somebody everywhere that does all of these things. Um, for sure. 
So yeah, I mean, that's basically the overview of charm reading and charm throwing. It is very similar. Um, overall, I mean, I don't know. I'm, it kind of, we've learned with you guys, like we're aware of some of these things, but as we do these episodes, we have learned with you guys a little bit too. Um, and I find a lot of these to be very interesting. So let us know what you guys think. Let us know if you try something, guys. Let us know if you try one of these and how it went. Mm -hmm. Or if you have any questions about certain things that maybe we can, you know, help with, leave them in the comments below. There are certain places you listen, you can't comment, but there are certain places that you can. <laughs> yes. Then we have ethics and safety reminders. So we talked a little bit earlier about some experiences with you know how we ethically feel on being asked certain questions or whatever but believe it or not there is kind of a a code and it, it can change but these are pretty kind they're kind of obvious right um it's up to the person and many people do not follow a code of ethics there is a lot of things out here that um definitely cross the line so there is um someone i was talking to recently that expressed to me that she has heard some um, types of practitioners that do spells for people say that if there is a bad review that they actually will go after that person and stuff of the such which isn't cool that's it's not cool up. yeah it's not cool at all there's a very twisted perception uh, when it comes to certain things and it's based on different beliefs and practices and stuff like that of course but here's just a brief overview of the code of ethics for divination services and i think it's something that needs to be said um and i mean it could it's it's obvious to most people but i think it's important to state it so first and foremost i will serve the best interest of my clients and as such, I will conduct my professional activities without causing or intending to cause harm. I mean, naturally, you know, we, that's not why we do this, but obviously mm -hmm. some other people do. I will remain professional, of course, throughout the engagement. I will treat all of my clients with equal respect, regardless of their origin, race, religion, age, gender, or sexual preference. Not Withstanding the above statement, I will knowingly read for anyone under the age of eighteen. That's really important, guys. Y'all can't y'all can't be reading if you're seven. If you're eighteen, and you've got a sister that's seventeen. That's your business. But if you're performing business, yet gotta be eighteen plus um, because it can cause a lot of problems if you do. And the next one is basically, I will not do a reading for someone that I'm not reading for or you do not have a direct relationship with Lima Lee was stating earlier we do not read other people's intentions because it can get kind of sticky and then you're getting especially for relationships it can be really really bad uh being confidential about the names of the people you're reading for the information unless you have permission it is not cool it's like uh you know confidentiality you definitely do not want to be spreading everybody's business without their consent even if it is in a um figuratively way because everything we do you know we have to kind of make a statement that it's just for entertainment purposes only because people get so happy okay um and 
definitely if you notice that somebody is having a legit issue, um, it's best to advise them to seek professional help and never say that, you know, if, if somebody's threatening to harm themselves in a, in a particular way and like you're seeing things, you know, that's a, that's kind of a judgment call, but in the same time, like how, what would happen if you're advising a person that hurts themselves, for example, um, or if they're mentally ill, like, you know, it, I'm not a rat per se, like I'm not going to spread people's business or nothing. But if I felt legitimately concerned, I would at the very least try to contact somebody uh, around my client. If I could not do that, I would do everything in my means to help that person. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, a lot of this again is like just natural common decency. (laughs) And lastly, in this particular list, um, respecting the client at all times to the right to refuse or terminate their reading. You know, you don't want to constantly press people. Uh, for any reason. And if somebody is pressing you or continually pushing their services on you, generally there's only one reason. Now, I will say sometimes we get information that we want to share, but if the person's not open to hearing it, you should never push that onto somebody because you never know what state anybody's in. Mm -hmm. So, um, I mean, there's this, wherever you go, you want to find something like this. I just pulled up a list because it's, it's easier. We could have talked about that for days and whatever else, but I think it's fair enough to say these things because it's not often talked about. It's generally in the fine print, but as far as everything else, safety is a big thing. I mean, you really want to be safe, and we've talked about that too throughout this episode. This is just a final reminder. Use your gut. Don't do anything dumb. Uh, be, please reconsider using Ouija boards. <laughs> Emily, you want to add anything? Please reconsider using Ouija boards. And when my cards are published, use those instead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to keep yourself from having demons and other negative entities or negative non-human or negative earthbound spirits and so on and so forth. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it's, again, to like your vibration all has to do with that your mental and physical health also are included don't be doing things like when i'm sick or not feeling well in any shape or form i stick or i stay away from doing anything like channeling and tarot because i don't want my potential like lower vibratory state or just anything to work off of my you know bad health or mental yeah, health or illness any yeah. illnesses because and because they will wait negative shit will wait for you to be at your lowest or weak point to fuck with you and again yeah you don't want to put yourself in that situation that is true that is 100 percent facts and just use use your common sense i mean we all make our we have free will we make our own choices when it comes to what we're going to do and not going to do but yeah that pretty much sums everything up um about divination we just wanted to bring you some interesting ways to do it and like again a lot of these ways are safe based on you know following practices and you know making sure you're doing it and quote unquote it's not the right word but the right way like make sure you just 
you're in a good place mm -hmm. and you feel comfortable with what you're doing. Uh, if you're going to be doing it yourself and if you're looking for somebody to do this for you, make sure you feel comfortable with the person that's going to do this for you. Um, you can tell if people are in it for money over um, helping a client. Mm -hmm. Like, so it'll still, it can still involve money either way. But some people really know what they're doing and some people really don't. And some people may even try to take that information and use it against you. You have to be careful and just make the right decisions mm -hmm. ultimately. But yeah, that pretty much wraps up this episode. Um, I believe we have one more uh, episode in this series. That'll be episode 27. Then we only have three more left. Ding, ding, ding. We've got two hopefully two we're planning on two special guests both of them have said yes but we have to completely confirm and then we might have something coming later i'm gonna stop there dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah so we've got four total episodes one more left in this last mini series emily would you like to wait to tell them the title in suspense yeah they can guess <laughs> gotta you gotta you gotta be uh you gotta guess yeah and it'll be um an important topic yes it yeah it might be a little more maybe a little more serious topic mm -hmm. but an important topic so guys if you want to connect with us you can always look up us on instagram the facebook the tiktok the all those good things we're everywhere definitely um follow us on youtube we have a youtube channel too and you can listen to the podcast there if you're not already and anything else emily put in your quarter so <laughs> zoltar can give you good reading and he ripped us off because he took our quarter and that's a wrap Hey, if you have a haunted story you want to share, you can email us at lights at midnight podcast at gmail.com. Get in touch with us there. We'd love to hear from you. We really appreciate y'all uh, hanging around and checking it out. And yeah, thank you so much. We are super excited to bring you some super awesome content. We really appreciate you guys checking us out. Thank you to all that took the time to listen to this week's episode. Your support means the world to us. And remember, all of us have the ability to shine brightly and shed positivity, even in the darkest of places. Stay safe, stay well, and light it up!